0: Hello and welcome to New Tricks, the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. I'm Emily Newman
1: and I'm Catherine Doggall. This podcast is a chance to mull over the current goings on in hotel land, chat to some pleasant folk about things they know and provide some interest for your ears.
0: We've bought our journalism and communication experience together with our sector knowledge and contacts to create a strategic PR company which understands investing in hotels and the many roles within them. Matthias Hoytebräcker, hospitality strategist, founding partner of Denizen and advisor to Citizen M, joins us to discuss the future and all that lies ahead, including the welcome return of the company of others. We also muse over Airbnb's flexible announcements, which come on the tail of their first quarter earnings call. Whilst thrilling that Brian now knows what a yurt is, detail is still somewhat lacking will longer stays be a hallelujah moment for the brands that can deliver them and plug the hole left by the absence of traditional business travel do enjoy listening to all the thoughts and wisdom Good morning everyone and welcome to the latest episode of New Tricks, where we're delighted to be joined by Matthias Huiterbracker, which I really hope I pronounced correctly. Um Matthias, thanks for joining us. And hello to hello to you, and hello to Catherine. Welcome, welcome. Hello to you, Emily. How are you all?
2: Good morning, good morning. It's a privilege to be with you.
0: Oh, you're very kind. Where are you joining us from? <laughs>
2: I'm joining you from my home office in Munich. Um, and I actually have to laugh that we're still doing this, right? It reminds me so much of, and, and you probably don't remember that, but the early days of mobile phones when when everybody started every conversation with, Where are you? Where am I going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just on the it's, train, it's on the, or on the train. <laughs> in, in actually history, you didn't know where someone was just because he picked up the phone. And now we're kind of like back to that, Where are you? kind of. Which is which is funny and I, I, I hope it's over soon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't think people will be continuing to do this for some retro fun. Yeah, exactly. Just
2: just like some jeans cuts that are back in fashion, bell body, <laughs> a bell button or the bootcut whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah. Exactly. We the stonewash of communications. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Catherine, how's Paris treating you? Delightfully.
1: Today be there'll be some intermittent noises because they're <laughs> Digging out the cellar and they've turned off the water for reasons I can't translate, unfortunately. So um hopefully it'll become clear.
0: You need to get yourself some gutter drinking to deal with that, I'd imagine. Oh no, we're drinking at tables now. <gasps>
1: oh <laughs> see,
0: yes.
2: The fancy Parisians.
0: I know, I know.
2: You know okay. how they're
0: and
1: though I need till really nine. And then it's bedtime.
0: Well, nine is fine. I tell you what's not fine in terms of nine: nine pounds for a glass of wine. As I discovered on Friday night when I went out, dear, all above um, <laughs> a year and a half's worth of drinking at home. At no point did I pay nine pounds for a glass of wine. Uh, then um, you
2: didn't have the company with it, so you have to. Pay the <laughs>
0: True true all eight pounds 50 of that was company
1: (laughs) company tax this is one of my ongoing concerns there about the return of the hospitality sector is that um people talk about how they've got these pent-up savings um i'd be interested to see some of these pent-up savings but um i seem to spend it all on amazon but uh but people come back and they will suddenly realize that you can go i had a lovely meal um, at my local restaurant on wednesday lunchtime when they all reopened and it cost me there were two of us and it cost me 55 euros for a burger and a glass of wine and i thought it was a lovely experience. It was a lovely experience, and I thought, "What a lovely experience that I won't be doing very often." <laughs> so, I uh, so I do wonder in the future uh, what's going to happen: whether people will just go, "Oh, that's fine," or whether it will become more of a luxury commodity, like it was in the nineteen seventies, or whether it's a price worth paying, or is it, is it that we're going to see the return of all of the budget hotels, which everyone's was speculating on because people think, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know." And how really, really long are these pent up, pent up uh, savings going to last? I asked myself. looking at my bank manager. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mateus, have you enjoyed how's how is your uh, hospitality consumption going? Are you in, are you currently enjoying terrace drinking, gutter drinking, indoor drinking, nine pound glasses of wine? How are you feeling about it all? I mean, the 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 the,
2: the, the evil thing about the world is that at least in Munich, uh, the day that outdoor. Uh, Hospitality was reopening. The weather turned terribly bad, um, so I basically had I think one lunch outside. But it's quite it's quite amazing how everybody basically doesn't care. So, so they're all sitting in, in, in big down jackets <laughs> outside under umbrellas, having that overpriced lunch. Maybe one, maybe some of them are getting paid to actually go there to to, to be um, community for the other people. I don't know, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's such a such a relief to. I don't know to finally enjoy a meal someone else has prepared, if you know what I mean, and and, and to see other people than the reflection of yourself in, in in the window. So I think it'll be it'll be in to last for quite a while that people will actually enjoy the company of others. Will they enjoy paying overpriced meals? Probably not. But, but I, I mean, that was there before, right? In cities like Paris and Munich, it was already too expensive, and none of that money went to the people serving you, but all of that money went to I don't know. Real state owners and other people, but that's the I think. So I think it'll be here to last for a little while. That people will go out and enjoy themselves. Do you think?
0: absolutely? Um, I fluctuate between uh, sort of. I was going. Oh, I was going oh, to use the word pivot then, and we'd have had no, a podcast. I know we had a podcast bingo before we were five minutes in. and um, There is another I, podcast
2: called Pivot, so so don't do. not uh, that? Even don't it's them a coming podcast. after us. It's a real <laughs> what have
0: <they've> done there? <laughs> Um, I oscillate, should we use that term Ooh, to, yes. as an alternative to, to the P word? Mm-hmm. Um, between um, between thinking you can just take all of my money because it means I don't need to go near the dishwasher or prepare anything to the whole, mm, I haven't been paying this for this long and then it all sort of grates. So I wonder when it will... But at the moment, it's still a joy to have someone else doing all of that. So as long as that make that that last, as long as that lasts, I can have all of my money. Quite frankly. Good. Well, talking of all of your money, um, <laughs> let's talk about Brian
1: Chesky and his friends. Uh, they have all the money already, so we don't need to worry about whether they're eating out. If they are eating out, is my suspicion, and not wearing <laughs> ties while they do it. Um, <laughs> Is my, is my, my secondary suspicion brian um but uh, last night as you're listening to this not last night but last night for us in, the, in this world and that's the only world that matters um we had brian announcing his 100 new changes to airbnb 100 new ways to bring on supply 100 new ways to not mention experiences very much because they don't didn't split that out and they don't think it actually makes any money um and also you can't do experiencing but um so where are we going with brian Matthias, are we go? is it more fun with Brian? Are we all going to be renting our houses out with Brian? Who will own the houses that we will all be renting out? Or are we just That's going to be... Return. just go, is, Somebody has to, I, I think, <laughs> at some point. Or are we going to be, apparently, we're all going to be just digital nomads, living places a month here, a month there. My son would be very thrilled about this, because, it mean, of course, he can go to school a month all over the place. Is this a real thing, or is Brian just... Is there, Absolutely. is he over some kind of... Has he been... Smoking the
2: swamp gas. That's a million questions in one. Case. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> so, so if we if we're talking about what what they said yesterday, which was basically not not that much different from what he said over the earnings call, and, and, and basically has been saying over the whole year, um, if we if we dissect all those hundred new things, it's it's basically I don't know three or four things, right? First of all, there's this, this new focus on on the host. Or the private host, um, which is probably a because um, there is a huge rise of the personality brand. I think in general, so, so it's less, less less anonymous and more about personality brand. So, so hosts to give character to a space, obviously important. Um, and it's also what people uh, still call experience, you know, which is which is on the rise, and both are true. I think for leisure and hybrid travel, or or the urban and the rural travel and 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 as as we all fear and as brian has said i think repeatedly verbatim that business travel is not coming back um they actually have to focus on the private travel and on the host and 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 also on the long stay as he said i mean i I think he said something like 20 something percent of his his bookings are longer than i think a month or something um so, so yeah, and I mean, as, as as nobody really knows, I mean, apart from all the crystal balling that, that we all do every day, goes um, and, and everywhere, nobody really knows what what travel will exactly look like when it rebounds, right? So, actually, for them, I think it makes total sense to to go for diversity and to expand the portfolio as 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 heavily as they can in terms of supply. You know, for mm-hmm. I, I think for once. Um, in history a shotgun approach in their situation is not so bad so um, again con- connected to that I think is their focus on long stay and, and, and that makes also sense if you look at all, all, all that self selected travel that will come up you know if, if, if people are not traveling on business if they don't have to go somewhere you you have to capture them when they want to go somewhere and, and that's probably more leisure than business and could be more long stay than short stay so, so that makes sense flexible booking of course makes sense mm-hmm. and the in the context of self-selected travel, because you're more at liberty when and how long you go, because you can or cannot work while you go. At least that's the narrative, right? Mm. And then I think the, the rest of it was predominantly A, about service, uh, which was predominantly um, host-directed service. So support for the hosts, managing inventory, uh, which in essence is quality control for Airbnb, right? You, you help them manage, you make sure they don't mismanage. Um, it's also, I think it was a lot about security um, and, and that's obviously pandemic and by, by all these insurance questions, it's obviously also fueled at least in the, in the US mindset by January 6th and all those, all those events. Mm-hmm. Um, and then user interface, which I think, again, is mostly about flexibility of booking, matchmaking, all those things. And, and I, I, I frankly was hoping for a little bit more of a Jonathan Ive kind of big bang, but maybe too soon to to expect that. Um but I think I mean the, the the funny thing is I think this this what's it called made possible by hosts that that, yes. that they did I think in January. I mean being a being a hospitality veteran and being a design hotels veteran that that strikingly resembles made by the originals, which was the Design Hotels campaign I think fifteen years ago. Um and I guess we're, we're, we're happy to be inspirational.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, think of it as an homage. Um. Exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, the long-stay thing, sure. I mean, everybody wants to go long-stay now, right? I mean, even, even our mutual friends from Citizen yeah. now, um have proclaimed last fall that their pods are now long-stay inventory. Um, which was a bit comical, but Airbnb obviously having the inventory for it, why why wouldn't they go there? And, and, and if you look at, if, if if you think or if you put yourself um, in the shoes of a, let's say, chief commercial officer of a hotel brand and you've been reading for a year that business travel is dead, that's depressing. Hmm. So if you now read about this new trend that everybody is not traveling for meetings but all the time because everybody's now nomadic, um, <laughs> that, that's a hallelujah moment, I guess. So everybody's jumping on that for for sure i mean and and will it will it be a hallelujah moment for for that for those brands who are actually optimized for a length of stay of one uh, no probably not um, but but will it be a hallelujah moment for the industry on a more abstract level probably um, you know and it's also it's also probably the closest thing this this idea of people being nomadic and, and staying everywhere all the time for for long periods of time uh, resembles strikingly this fantasy about subscription mm-hmm. that is in the industry for I don't know the last one or two years, which um, which I found I found kind of comical in a way because um, or this 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 whole as a service thing mm. that real estate wanted to go as a service. I was always thinking what, what if it's renting isn't that as a service. I mean you you don't buy a flat you rent it. You know you you buy the right to use it and right? pay a certain amount of money and that that's the very definition of as a service and renting is actually the very definition of subscription. Um, so so finally to to actually try and sell that as a new thing where hospitality has always been from a consumer's pr- perspective, hospitality was I was putting flexibility over cost per daily use, right? I was willing to pay more for a night because I didn't have to pay every night. So mm-hmm. basically... If you go now back to subscription, you're basically cutting off my flexibility um, at the expense of that. And and, and you say that is a novel and be such a good idea. And I found this this kind of funny. Um,
1: (laughs) Is there a way to do subscription flexibly or is that something that you would then, I guess, pay more to do?
2: I think you should think about it as on-demand rather than as subscription. I think, I, and, and, and that, again, is the basic idea of hospitality. You pay the room when you need it, which is the definition of on-demand. So um, I don't know if we, should, if we should really think about it as a subscription model and if hospitality really needs to try to be the Amazon Prime of hospitality uh, because they have, a, have an intangible product that can be replicated. It's an everyday product and all those things that are important for subscription that are not um, being delivered by hospitality. But I think I think if you think about um, going more into the needs of people who stay longer, this is probably a very a very valuable thing to do because, um, because A, the nomadic lifestyle that, that we can talk about a bit more if you want to, um, and B, also I think the general development in, in leisure travel, which, which people like Klaus Sendlinger have actually advocated for, for quite a while, even pre-COVID, that, that people will essentially travel longer, and they will travel less. But they will dive deeper into the in, into the location that they go to, and stay longer, and use a basically a base camp to 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 do more satellite trips and stuff like that. And and, and, and they will slow down the pace of living. Um, I think there's a lot of truth in that, um, and for that you actually need a different kind of product than, than for short-term hectic travel. So. Um, to prepare for such a world I think makes total sense. Do we have to call that subscription? I don't know if it makes you mm. if it makes me feel better. Because I don't know. I mean so the, the I think the run for subscription was basically the attempt to to lower the cost per customer, basically. So of, of course if you put all your effort into one booking and that booking lasts longer, you might think that you make more money out of it because of the, the the cost of, of, of booking only occurs once if, on the other hand, you think about that that stay for 30 months probably is much cheaper than 30 individual night nights, the cost of, of customer might actually be higher. Than, uh, I don't. I would not try to be, I mean, there's, there's this quote by Jonathan Ive um, that you shouldn't be seduced by a feature at the expense of a great product. So I don't think we should worry about how to get the access right to the product so much right now, but rather think about improving the product mm-hmm. as such, whether that's then made accessible by a subscription or not I think it's secondary Um, at a moment where we really have to rethink the product as such
0: I was going to ask um, your views on the brands then if we're talking about product um, because well let me organise my thoughts. So they have very um, strict um, guidelines around how this product must look, and there seems to be, you know, new brands all the time. Are we over brands? Are they a necessity? So, do we do we still need them? What What are your views?
2: I think the question is is, is uh about the role the brand has to play or should play in, in, in both the lives and the decision making process of the customers. And historically that has been rather one of standardization and of security and standards and quality and you know what you were getting and, 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 and also the probably the ease of of access again. Um, and and in the last years we've we've seen two things. A we don't need brand to, to to give us easier access because have, we have oTA and, and even improvised uh, not improvised optimized um, booking processes on the in, individual property level and I think the trend in general as I just said is, is more towards the personality brand so we actually want to feel the character and the personality of the individual property and that per se is, is, is the exact opposite of a standardized brand so I think i I think that's a that's a challenge for them to become more more of a support office for individual properties than basically the rule maker for standardized properties that's a that's a flipping over of, of, of the whole concept of a brand um, and especially if we look at leisure travel I mean people will will as I said people will probably stay longer and people will probably um, also or, or, or hotels actually I think need to sharpen their message I think they sharpen they, they need to sharpen their message to get a clientele that is more aligned because a that adds to the experience if you if you hang out with people more like you you probably have a better experience which is important b it probably adds to the to the need for security because obviously studies show that you feel safer among people that are more like you is that reasonable no probably not you can be just as sick with people you know like you than with others but you feel safer and I think the safety and security aspect will stay with us for a little while.
0: And also, obviously,
2: the, the longer you stay at a property, the more important it gets um, with who you hang out with. So, so, mm-hmm. so being able to, to kind of align your clientele a little bit better makes sense in a lot of ways. And of course, you can only do that if you're smaller, right? Because otherwise, you can't be as picky. So... I think there'll be a rise of smaller properties with a slower pace, with with less people, with more aligned people, and all of that um, is quite contradictory to A brand standards where every hotel needs to be the same, and it's also quite contradictory to the more keys, more keys, more keys approach um, brands have gone after lately. So I think um, there will always be a place for brand and there will always be a place for, for institutions that handle all The backbone and the back office. So, if brands would transform, as I think I've I've written before a couple of years ago, if 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 those big brands would be more support offices of more individualized outlets, then then they can come out strong. Otherwise. it's going to be hard.
1: Is that a is that a difficult message to sell to an owner when you say you know you've got this you've got this hotel and it's very nice um, we're going to help you with the distribution don't go to the OTAs um, uh, but we're not going to do anything else and that'll be X million pounds a year is that a more a difficult message to sell or will there need to be more proof?
2: I think it's a difficult message to sell to some owners because because tri- traditionally and that's not just true for hospitality traditionally owners have learned that owning real estate um, provides a pretty a pretty stable income right So, so you don't have, have to do much. You, you, you just you just put it into, in, into some asset class and then you're pretty much done. I think what, what owners have learned or have be, begun to learn, um, in the last month and and and, and years, that it is that the asset as such becomes um, less of a revenue model, and you actually have to think about an operating model on top of the asset, right? So, so mm-hmm. this whole space with the service kind of notion, um, I think, is hitting some of them hard. And and I think it started with with, with owners who were into ground floor retail, who've, who've been in that situation for quite a while now, and now hospitality is entering that that realm of of, of having having. Real estate that's rather difficult to, to to maintain, and I think it's 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 going to need a whole um, new thinking of the access to real estate. The occup, what what does occupancy mean? What does ownership mean? How do you how do you ca- how how can you go into mixed mixed use into more on demand models? Because I think it's eventually um starting with commercial real estate real estate will become more of a consumer product the markets will be less vendor markets more consumer markets and and you really need to have an operational model um which by the way could be another challenge for hotel brands because once owners build up the infrastructure and the skills to to operate real estate first on a work um in a environment they could also do that for the stay use case right or Mm -hmm. for the sleep case. so actually um yeah, you,
1: could, could, you don't want to it. teach a man to fish, and um, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> yeah, bad, exactly. bad consequences.
2: So there's another, <laughs> there's more com- competition coming up to to, to hedge against. So, um, basically, I think the message is also to to the hospitality brands as owners are actually going more short stay in in in, in their mindset. Um, hotels by going more long stay in our mindset could actually be be better equipped to 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 hedge off that competition that might be coming Mm -hmm. apart from the Airbnb competition that's already there.
1: That's it. So, does this mean that hotels, the big hotel companies, should be getting back into ownership? Um, we you hear a lot. Well, we don't hear a lot. You hear a lot from um, Bazan on the side saying the only way to make money in hotels is to own hotels, and they've got this back that they're doing, and they're saying they're going to invest in wellness and and whatnot. But that's clearly and buy little companies. But really, are they just really going to buy hotels and make lots of money, and they're going to move away from asset light? Do you think that's what's going to happen?
2: I think, in some fields, I mean, I don't, I don't think, in general, there's there, there's no one answer to for, for 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 the whole industry, right? So examples like Citizen M obviously have have shown that the owner op, operator model could, could be quite lucrative. Um, on the other hand, examples like Citizen M have, have, have shown that that being ex- exquisitely um, outfitted for, for for one specific segment can prove difficult. with that segment goes on. Well. Um, but I think the yeah I think the operator model has has definitely a certain allure right now, and I also see that in my work. where actually, the the, the, the the most of my projects I'm working on right now is basically for owners who are taking their properties out of brands and and, and try to operate them, them themselves. Mm-hmm. So so obviously that that seems to be a trend already there. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense for everyone? Probably not. But but um, it's. The the thing is, if you want to go asset light, why not go asset light in the way an Airbnb does it, right? So, if you're a pure aggregator of models, especially in a world where nobody knows what 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 works and what does not work, the Airbnb way of 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 just trying to to gather together all the hosts and all the probable different concepts that are existing, and then let them find out what works and and, and just make the money of it. That's true asset light, right? The other mm-hmm. stuff is like medium asset light and, and, and being in the middle is mostly not such a good strategy. So I think you have to really look at what's, what are your strengths? What's your market? What are your locations? What are your destinations? What are the likelihoods um, of finding the big brands that, that really work for you? Um, and I think it needs to be an individual decision, but the owner operator model is definitely more interesting than it was couple years ago.
0: Fabulous. Um, we are shuttling through this discussion which uh, as we look back to the future is somewhat of a of an observation and um, as we sort of wrap up the conversation we are we are asking all our guests um the same set of questions which are which which sort of nicely kind of wraps up the conversation um, and yeah. so if we may we'd like to ask you um some questions as well sure are you ready? Okay, I don't know if you've had your jabs yet. So, so take this, take this either way. But, um, so the first question is: When the shutters are up, and I've had the jabs in my arm, the first thing I'm going to do or did do is,
2: um, I didn't. Uh, so, um, I, I mean, the obvious answer is travel, right? The obvious answer is we all want to travel again. We all want to go to different places. But, but other than that, or or, or even even first, probably for me is I definitely will indulge in all those indoor experiences that, that I think should define us or, or, or shape us um, or inspire us both as people and also as societies, you know, go, go to an exhibition, go see a play, have a, have a meal with people at a long table or, or even just <laughs> just be among lots of people without even interacting, but just, just again, be part of, of a bigger group, be part of the world, be part of a society. Maybe, maybe just in in, in in one sentence, I'm what I'm looking forward to most is is basically to move from a life of prohibition to a life of inspiration. Basically, where, where it's, it's it's about what I can do and not what I cannot do.
0: Well, that's the quote of the week. Um, the best thing about the hotel sector is
2: the best thing about the hotel sector. Um, if I if I take that a little bit broader, maybe to 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 real estate or spaces in general, I think. Uh, spaces or physical spaces have, have such a fundamental role in supporting us to, to create or to connect or to recover, to discover um, and I think being able to create those, those physical spaces as well as, as, as the human connection in, in one product and service bundle I think is, at least for me it's, I, I think it's the best way to spend your life, at least to spend your working life and, and, and that being said um, I think a hotel is still a place to to see and understand different cultures, different people, different values. so probably um, probably one of the last melting pots in, 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 in the world that's so polarized right now. so I think the the, 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 the melting pot quality of the sector is is big fun and important at the same time. Oh, I
0: like that one. Um, the hotel sector would be significantly improved if.
2: I think I think there's a lot of truth in what I think Ben and Andy said in one of your last podcasts that that the industry should care about more the people who work in it, right? I mean, as as we were talking about Airbnb and and, and how hosts are important. I mean, it's fine to to discover the host as a as a storytelling element or as a narrative element, but it's actually more important to treat them as a value part of the ecosystem. And, and it's like It's like when everybody applauded essential workers, which was nice, Mm -hmm. but it was actually it would have been more important to give them a proper pay and benefits. Conditions, and it's it's like um, we talked about the Pivot podcast earlier. There's there's I think Scott Scott Galloway said it in one of the last editions that in the U.S. how many workers from hospitality. In the months of lockdown, have actually gone to Amazon to pack boxes, and mm. how they actually don't want to come back because working conditions are better at Amazon. And you think about that message; it's brutal. I That's harsh. <laughs> so We should we should actually think about people first and foremost, and then the rest will follow.
0: And I sincerely hope we do. I'm going
1: to butt in for a moment there because the, one of the reasons that I moved away from working in hospitality was the unsociable hours and not because I had a family and children and things like that it was unsociable because I didn't see any of my friends because they were socializing while I was working in the pub often for discounted drinks in the same pub which is great but it's not the same and, um, and I wonder with all of our changes to hoped for changes that we're going to have to our nomadic lifestyles and whatnot whether we can't just have you know, a certain working hours where that happens and you could work reasonable hours in your hospitality setting um, because everyone else is so flexible. Maybe I should be flexible around hospitality for a change. That's my thinking.
0: That's good thinking.
2: I think so. That's yeah. very good thinking, yeah. It's not thing as such, The nomadic thing as such, I think, is a, is, is, is a nice utopia kind of thing because I, I think nomadic per se is more a question of, of of, of mindset right i think most most people find find moving rather a hustle and a hardship and and and, and there's only the true romantic mindset people who actually see mobility as a resource and, and 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 even if they do you still need an employer to actually be able to facilitate that and i recently read read a quote from from tim lieberek of the house of the beautiful business who, who said that organizations should go full nomadic as well and i thought well that's a that's a nice thought if you think tank and, and, and have a staff of <laughs> but if you say build cars or something now 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 you explain me how to go full nomadic right so, so
1: well, didn't, didn't they that, do that with globalization and then it pissed everyone off because all the jobs moved to india
2: yeah that's not that people <laughs> moved, moved around the world right that's a bad, that, bad um, nomadism.
0: what the industry needs now is
2: uh, I, I'm afraid I have to give the same answers every time uh, it, it needs day one thinking. And I've, I've, I've written that a lot before. And it's a, it's a quote from, from Jeff Bezos, which, which is the other bad company over there with <laughs> an A, um, uh, which, which I think he he, he, he says means to treat every morning as it was the first day of business. And I, I, I think that's, that's especially important now to, to, to actually not try Um, to answer the new questions with with the old tricks you know but do the new tricks as as you proclaim as well beautiful Um, and also and also that being said i think the industry needs needs more open innovation or cross fertilization you know less less industry experts um in in closed rooms and more open source communities to work on new systems and there's a lot of a lot of great reading, actually, by by Karim Lakami from the Harvard Business School about that subject. How you can be so much better if you if you invite non-experts to the solutions, uh, to to find the solutions. I think that's really
0: cool. we're notoriously bad at that as an industry, and I never quite fathom. I why. mean, most industries are. I mean, we don't have to
2: be too too hard on ourselves. Most most industries uh, are are bad at that, and, and and it's been for a reason that for for many decades when you wanted to hire someone first thing you looked at was industry expertise, which is which is such a bullshit because mm. it basically means he also has no clue on how to innovate. <laughs> um, in, in, you know what I mean? So I, yeah. I, think, I think that's true for most industries, not just for hospitality.
1: Well, we had to, who have we had who came in at a kind of higher level from outside? We have Fritz van Passion, of course. Yeah, Still around. Did quite well. Did quite well. Um, certainly did for uh, Hilton. Um, and um, uh, your man from IHG, who now works for Rugby League or Rugby Union. Andy, someone who came from... um, Coslet. Yes, uh, who came from Cadbury Schweppes. um, So that's two. Two, two. two, (laughs) two. And and his his thing was to come in and go, what is this RevPAR? I don't understand why you you measure everything by RevPAR, which is interesting because now 15 years post-Coslet, um, where he said, you know, when I'm selling Mars bars, I don't see how much I can get from my Mars bar every day. And can I get an extra 20p each day with my Mars bar? He found that very confusing. And only now we're starting to see with the kind of the destruction of, of hotel rooms because there's no one staying in them, people going, oh, oh, uh, revenue per square meter, oh, per <laughs> uh, guest, per guest oh, as well. So we're now, so that's 15, I guess 15 years since Sandy since Coslet was banging that drum. It's
2: promising, yeah, but, I think there's, but
1: there, you know, there's a few points coming in.
2: Yeah, but I think also if you look at the most interesting people and and, and brands from the last 20 years, I mean, a lot of them were actually not made by hotel people, right? I mean, the designers, thing was saying, was, was, was not made by a hotel guy. The Citizen Am was, I mean, Rata and came from fashion, mm-hmm. Um, Ian Schrager came from nightclubs, but not from hotels, and, and, and so on and so forth. So I think there's 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 proof that that you can you can do a lot of interesting and even disruptive concepts better if you're not um, looking back on that hotel school career. Uh, nothing wrong with hotel schools, but um, I think I think the combination of both at what mm. is, is what will do the trick.
1: I wonder where it might be fun to go shopping for people.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I mean. You- you could you could go full no, nomadic and see who you meet, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And finally, I'd like to think we've learnt from this.
2: Oh yeah, I'd like to think that too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you can interpret that as a statement
2: or a question. Let's go. No, <laughs> yeah, it's both. I think now I think we learned from the thing probably that that we need to learn more. You know, I think all the things we're talking about these days. Um, When it comes to living or to working or social capital, which is such a big term right now, or impact or flexibility or even, you know, empowering people more, um, I think all that was in the discussion before COVID, right? Um, The signs were there. Most went unnoticed because we were too busy doing more of the same. Um, Some were noticed and and kind of elegantly woven into the narratives um, and then try to be solved by doing more of what we did before. Um, and giving it in a new name um, but I think now we learned at least some of us and the best of us have learned to to actually really see the signs and and to really think of new answers and um, a woman from Google who was who was head of next practice at Google which I think is the most amazing job title ever mm-hmm. um, said a few months ago that the winners will be those who are already working on new systems so I think those who who actually um, have learned to build new spaces for new experiences and not make more copies of the copy. Um, I think that's what we probably learned that the change that, that actually the world is changing and the changes are not subtle, but fundamental. Um, and I think that's probably the major learning, you know, and, and, and I also disagreed and, and, and you know that from, from previous conversation, I disagreed with most of the things that were happening in the last five years in the industry. I mean, we, we haven't really been thinking about making things better. It was all about making more and, 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 um, now that we're facing that uncertainty about the amount of of demand, we've hopefully learned to focus on making things better and different and, and more suitable for the job to be done.
0: I sincerely hope so. Um, thank you so much, Matthias. That has been a, a joy and a way that I'd like to start every Tuesday morning, if that's okay um, do that
1: then.
0: <laughs> let's do that thank you Catherine and thank you Matthias for your time and energy and thoughts and wisdom and we will (laughs) see you all next time take care have the fun so that concludes our thoughts for this week thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog washing the cat chopping the veg or however else you pass the time while podcasting Please do review
1: and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple, or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify. These things make a difference, apparently. Until next time.